So today's teaching mm. is one word, overcomer. Overcomer. One word, overcomer. And the purpose of this teaching is to really get you to understand the two strongest forces in this world, which is the will of man, and he has two wills, and also Holy Spirit, the two strongest forces in this world. And how you can overcome this world, your flesh, and Satan. Sound like something y'all want to learn? Overcomer. Because you are overcome by something, someone, some situation, circumstance, or situation. You are overcome. It overcomes you, but you have not become the overcomer. Mm. You're overwhelmed by, you're taken by, you are subdued by a person, situation, or circumstance. And so today's teaching is for you to really understand that you have two wills, and in those two wills, one of those will aid you in being an overcomer. Mm. So can you imagine what type of those two wills that I'm talking about that you have? Because you have two. You have two wills. And you're good at both of them. No, you. No, I know that. I'm just telling <laughs> you that. I know you're not. Because one overtakes you. Yeah. So you can't be good at both. But Think one, about it. One rules you, though. This is your doorway or your passageway to your life. To life. If something is your doorway or your passage or your entrance to life, you need to know what that passage is. Okay, <laughs> Dave, look at Dave, like, please tell me. <laughs> we go about living every day and we're, we're not conscious about really life. You're just existing. You're existing. I don't know how much you ever think about when you, I'm kind of a weird, I was a weird person even as a child thinking about life at like an animal, a dog, a cat, and you know, you see them get hit on the road. Have you ever thought about their life? Weird. Or an insect or anything that's non-human but has a, but you want to consider life? Yeah. And when it, the whole purpose of the dog or cat's life? Or beetle. Or beetle. Do you, you know, have you ever thought about their, and, and, and you know, they don't have to go to work or they don't have to know real situations <laughs> like we do. But what is their life all about? And then it ends, you see them all splattered on the pavement when they get hit by a car. What, what was their purpose? What was their purpose? I mean, it's serious for me. I'll it, tell you. you know, I, I tend to still think about that when I, I, I see an animal, you know, on the road that has been hit. It just brings back to me about life, the whole purpose of life. And what type of will do we have? What is our doorway? What is our passage for our life? Because you have two wills that you live by. And we'll talk about that later, unless you have a comment about those two will wills of, that you possess. They want to know. <laughs> okay. 
You want to know Dave right now? Don't go any further. <laughs> Any, anybody else want to know? Yeah. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Because this is your, otherwise you have no way of knowing how to be successful. No matter how hard you're trying, no matter what concept that you think about your life that you're doing so great, you really don't know if you don't know those two, two wheels that you have in your life that's able to determine the direction of your life. So the first will is your natural will, your will which brings you pleasure. It's driven by your emotions. That's your first will. That will is what brings you pleasure. Make you feel good. They're saying, oh, that will. <laughs> it's it's the most intense <laughs> of the two wills. Mm. That's the strongest. It feels by experience your strongest will. Feel like you have to answer to that will. You feel like you have to respond to that will because that's a very intense will. Find it hard to resist that will. Yeah. You find it hard. Find it hard to resist that will. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> should be experts at this one. It brings you desires. It is like a tidal wave that comes and just sweeps everything out of this path. It's your feelings. <laughs> it's a driving strong force. Mm. That's the first will. And the second will is your will, which is considered to be your will of faith. It's your discipline will. It's free of any emotions. Oh, yeah. That's the one. It's your faith choice. Free of what? Any emotions. No emotions. That will has no emotions. Great. That is that will because it's your faith will. And so you open, when you open your heart, when you open your heart to the word of God, you allow the word of God to flood <laughs> into your faith will, and now you have the will of the Father. But when you close yourself to the word of God, you quench Holy Spirit, and he cannot flow through you, so thus you are subjected to your emotional will, your natural will, Default the to things that, that please you. Doesn't please me to worship. It doesn't please me to praise God. Mm. That is your will. You don't will. So when you say, I will bless the Lord, I will praise the Lord, which will are you talking about? Mm. Because your non faith will will not, it will not praise the Lord. It will not bless the Lord. It has, and you do have a will, but that type of will will not glorify God in any kind of way because it's driven by your emotions and it's closed off. It closes your heart off to pleasing God.
because what when you open your heart to the word of God, and then what I got to get to, and that's a good question, is that because God has two wills. <laughs> oh, God has two wills. And his will is very similar to the two types, but not. It's similar to the two types that you have, but it's not. Because his will is perfect. And the two wills that he has is also what he gets pleasure in. He has pleasure too. That's his first will. He takes pleasures in the death of his saints. It brings him pleasure. And he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. And he takes, because, because you are going to be with him, that's why it gives him pleasure. Yep. So that's his will. He has a pleasure too in his will. And his second will, it is a plan of purpose. That will has a plan and it has a purpose. That's his sovereign will, which you will never understand. Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. it's, I, I guess I'm, I'm asking it to you, mm -hmm. but I want them to really understand it about the pleasure of God, the mm -hmm. pleasing of God. Mm -hmm. Do y'all want to please God? Well, how do you please him? What does it say in scripture? <laughs> what does it say in, in, in Hebrews? That is what? Impossible. Without faith. To please him without faith. Excellent. So that takes you back to which will? Mm. The will of faith. The faith choice. So then you please God. So it is God's will because he gives you the desire to please him. Because okay. naturally, you don't have a desire to please him. Naturally, you don't want to worship him. And this is why your flesh even get mad when it says, oh, clap your mm -hmm. hands, worship God, exalt God. You're like, I do what I want to do. So that will of pleasure saying, I do what I want to do. Don't you tell me. I mean, I'm getting mad. You're trying to tell don't me take all that. to praise God and to worship him. I don't want to. I can praise him the way I want. And I want to praise him by sitting down. I want to praise him with my mouth closed. I'm, I'm praising him with my heart. You may not know how I'm praising, but this is how I choose to praise him. And you're choosing through your natural will, will of your own desire and pleasure. And it's not God's desire, and it's not his pleasure. In his presence, you tell him that. Mm -hmm. When we come together to worship God, mm -hmm. to praise him, to get his teaching, mm -hmm. we still exercise our own will, that natural will that you default that mm -hmm. I'm not going to praise him. Mm -hmm. And I, when I read y'all that scripture, I, I don't look at Melvin's stuff. Mm -hmm. And what he was saying about everything that praised him. It is, and then I even gave you the scripture. It, David said, I will do it. So I'm overcoming. I, I overrule or overwrite what my natural body wants to do is sit here. And I overwrite that and I begin to praise him, begin to acknowledge him, begin to exercise the will of the father. That's his will. Is that you praise him. Is that his will that you worship him. That's why you were created. But you're not going to understand it as to why you should worship and praise him, because you're driven by your natural will. And your natural will is this, is to be carried away on the tide of emotion by uncontrolled feelings, negative thoughts, and self-centered desires. 
That's you why are carried away by I don't want to, to worship. worship. That's why you don't you worship. You are overtaken by I do what I want to do, self-centered. And this brings you to a place of self-worship. Mm. Just like an unbeliever. Wow. I, ask you what I don't feel like worshiping. It's not about your feelings. Sound like you're trying to command me and tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm trying to instruct you on commanding your flesh and you telling your flesh what to do. That's what. That's I'm what not mean. trying to tell you what to do. I'm instructing you to command your flesh to do what you tell your flesh to do. That's why I say raise your hands, stand to your feet, clap, shout. Just what you're supposed to do. But to your natural will, you're hearing pastor telling you what to do and that brings more resentment to even worshiping and praising God mm -hmm. because it's in your ear someone's telling me what to, to do. do and by your very nature you resist authority you can pause right there you can by pause your right very there very nature you can pause you right resist there and resent not only resist, but you resent authority. <laughs> well, just move on from that. Hold on. <laughs> this is not the ultimate teaching, but it's part of it because it's going to help you to be overcomer. And the first thing is to submit to worship God. This is why we come together. Right? But I'm not mad at you because... Because I told you this is what you should already know. It, it, this is why when I exalt, I begin to tell you who God is. Because when you know who he is, guess what you'll do? You'll worship him. Amen. You'll, you'll stand to your feet. You'll fall down. You'll cry. You'll shout when you know who he is. No one should tell you that if he's inside of you. I mean, this is why you can, I can be at the gym on the bike. All of a sudden, whoo, hands go up. Because it's something that hit my spirit. I don't care who around. I could be listening to something. Something hit my spirit. My hand go on the bike. Go right on up. I don't care. I don't be doing like, oh. <laughs> now they go up. And they come back down. But I'm just acknowledging there's something that over, overcomes me. Mm -hmm. That I cannot not do it. I mean, I'm not just walking around kundalini or nothing, you know. <laughs> Going around. To, I ain't doing all that. That's not what I'm saying. But when the spirit really, when he's moved, when, you're, when your spirit is moved by something uh, of the spirit makes contact, there's a reaction. It's going to be a response. And because you operate predominantly in your natural will, you are in bondage. You're not free to worship. I am free. You're not free to worship. And there's this weight or something that you feel that really restrains you from or refrain you from worshiping are praising God is because you're not free to worship because you have opened yourself up not to the word of God but to yourself and your and all of your emotions and what you feel and so when you do that you close yourself off again from the moving of God on your life and it's impossible to praise him so I understand and God's given me a revelation of even um, not so much prying people and forcing in a way 
that it seems like I'm forcing you to worship and praise your God. I understand your plight because you're operating under your, you are the pilot of your life. Mm. You, are, you are determining your destination. And if you've already determined your destination, I'll be hard pressed to show you another way to go. That's it's real rough because of what's going on. And I realized what was going on in the atmosphere, and I was like, Lord, this is their will. They are willing themselves not to open up to you. Thus, you can't flow through them and give them the desire, because you don't naturally have a desire to worship him. It's not natural to desire him, to want to sing to him to want to praise him. Naturally, you don't have that desire. That's why you have to be born again from the, the new nature. But when you do open your heart up to him, then you allow him to flow through you. And then only, not only that, but then you're free. You're free from the hands of the enemy. And then also you permit God then to come into your life and bless you. Because you are, you are you're in bondage. The enemy have your mind, along with yourself, <laughs> and you, you can't communicate to God because he have you so where you can't freely move and express yourself. Because you expressing yourself to yourself because it's about self. I don't want to. I want to do this. I want to do that. You have two wills, and so does God. He has a desire, things that brings him pleasure, and he has a will that is a planned purpose in our lives, which is a sovereign will. Yes. So if we were to... One second. But because we're born again, and that's the thing, what has not become a reality is that you are born again. You now are born from the supernatural. But we still, in our mind, we are still stuck that we're not born again, and we are natural, and I do have to be moved by my feelings, but he's not, he's not human, and so he's not moved by emotions. Because if he was, I mean, it's just the world wouldn't be here. I mean, because he would just get angry one good time and totally that'd be the end of us. Because imagine when you get upset sometimes at things that you do and the words you may want to take back, but you can't because you already said that. And how it has affected people's lives. So what, ha what has happened, if you're born again, you have his spirit, but you still have to be open to him. Your heart, you still have to yield your heart to him. And when you do do that, he then, then comes through you, flows through you, and he gives you a desire to want to praise him, want to worship him. Other than that, it's still not a feeling. It's a desire in your heart to want to do that. It, it's like a flip. It's like a flip. And, and like I said, this is why he said he would place in the desire. Mm -hmm. If you finish that scripture that I was reading, uh, and that he would give you the desires, the things, listen, what you should be desiring. He's going to place that in there. 
Not that I want, oh, I want a car. That's not the desire. He said, what you should, the right thing that you should be desiring, I'm going to place that in your heart. The thing that you should. You should want to worship me. You should want to praise me. You should want to do whatever you're supposed to do, love each other. Those are the desires now that those are his characters that he placed in your heart that you want to do because now you are born from above now. And this is what is not a reality to us that he said old things have passed away. All things have been made new. I have a new nature now. Now I have, I'm born from the sperma of God. I'm from above. I'm born from above now. I am a new creation. Listen, never before existed. Never before existed. It's real. It's real. See, if I can't, if I can't get them to understand that you're born again, that it's real. This is a real encounter, a real experience. And keep in mind that will is this. Will is the conduit or the channel, and in the Greek, it, it actually is the channel of the mind in which God moves through. Your will. Keep in mind. And so, then you don't have to try some more. It's a working, it seems like so much work. This is why you now have the mind, or would have the mind of Christ. Yeah. It's because your will your will is the channel of the mind. It's the channel in which God works through you and lives through you. Your will is the channel, the method. Your will is the method and how God lives through you. Your will is. We're, tr it's, we're trying to, you know, come up with all these other questions. How do we do this? It's your will. It is the method, it's the doorway, it's the passage in how God allowed you to live his life in this earth. And you begin to think the way that he thinks. You don't think the way that you would normally think. So you're going to worship You have him. the mind of Christ. That's right. Because you open your heart, and when you open your heart to God, he lives through your will, your conscience. He now is your conscience. He is now your conscience. That's why he said that you're, once you're born again, but your mind still has to be renewed. He mm -hmm. said, allow, prohibit his mind now to be permit. inside of you. Mm -hmm. You have to permit it. You have to allow it. Come into me. Mm -hmm.
Two things. Well, of course, you, you not just children, but you have adults do the same thing too. Our job as parents is to, the Bible says, to train them, train, meet them at their place the way that they should go. We should train them in the way that they go, which, like I said, which implies that I know the way. That's why I'm training you. So make sure that I'm doing it first. Mm -hmm. Hit that first. I'm not saying you that I know you do. But also there comes a maturity also. And a child has a will, very powerful will. I use my grandbaby who's 10 months. She has a will too. And she exercises her will. But she's not mature. So you start, I can't just give up on her. I gotta continue in there as she matures. I gotta continue, I can't give up. I have to continue to contend for their maturity. And I have to be in place. And I gotta bring them to church or bring them to the gathering when they don't want to come. Even in their disobedience, I'm still gonna bring them. I still want them in the presence. And it's hard sometimes to see that as children, but as, as adults don't, don't even acknowledge. Even I say, well, Jacob said that surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't even know it. You see what I'm saying? So I think that is a, a, as parents, we have to continue to train them, we have to continue to minister to them, and we have to continue to keep them in that environment. We got to continue to watch what goes in their ear gates, what goes in their eye gates, because something blocks. And then, like I said, they have, you know, when we grow up in these homes that are different, you know, you got a set of rules here because they're with you, and then they go to the other parent house, they got another set of rules. So it's a big, it's a hard thing, but what the thing you have to do is be consistent. You can't get frustrated. You know what I mean? It could take, it could be, you know, five years before they really get it. But my job is to stick and stay and contend for them and let them, I'm, the Bible says I'm trained them in the way they should go. And also it says that, you know, those kids, they, they will leave. But hopefully that what I imparted into them, they'll return back to. But my job is to train them the way they should go. Now, as a parent, that, that covers the whole spectrum of, not just they come here, but it's what you do in the house. Did you, did, did you take responsibility? See, all this is pattern after still in worship. You're training them. Did, do I have to tell you to brush your teeth? Do I have to tell you to get your clothes together? Do I got to pick out your clothes? Are you disrespectful when I tell you to do something I know that's going to harm you? What is your reaction to that? See, it's all in disobedience, and that's what you're fighting up against, too. But I have to stick and stay, and I have to come against all of that form of disobedience with the truth. Amen, kids. And, and training. And it's more, and it's, and it's so, that's in-depth questions. But yeah, and we in could training, there's condition. Mm -hmm. You condition a person, you condition their mind and the body. Uh, and a, a disciple is someone who's disciplined. I mean, I think there's some natural, practical things, even in the home, like Pastor was saying, that you have to condition your kids of, how to conduct themselves, uh, uh, responding. Uh, certain things you can allow them to get away with certain looks, less known in something that they're gonna speak out their mouth. Um, we have to condition them, get them fit to really learn how again to respond to authority. See, the whole thing is authority. It's all authority. And they you'll have resist to resist and resent authority. Yeah. And we have to 
really condition the mind. The mind, the training starts here. And so a lot that I see goes on when people don't act out is what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Pastor said, that is a really in-depth, and we can talk about that a little later. That is a really in-depth thing. The last thing I want to add to that, you can, have, you can have three kids or you can have two. One is going to follow, be obedient. The other one is not. Or you can have three and still have one, and the other two go, it's a little harder. But you're going to have one that's going to, oh, listen, one's going to obey. Mm -hmm. And it happens like that. So how do I, how do I not give up on that one? I can't give up on first of all. Yes? It wasn't so much as giving up on them. I know. I'm just. I was just trying to figure out how my response, because one, it's hurtful, and two, it does get mixed. It's one thing. Fear of God, you know, that's the first thing, knowledge, mm -hmm. wisdom, the fear of God. But you have adults who are in fornication or some sinful life, and they know, supposed to know God, but they don't fear him, and they still do what they do. So, but now that's an adult. Now we got a child who don't know, really know God. You're not going to fear what you don't know. That's why you can touch the hot flame. The child don't know that it's hot until he touches it. You see, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? But by experience, by experience is what's, what they're going to experience, how it is in the house. You can't let them get away with what they want to do. Right. That is not the order of God, that your child run you and your child tell you what to do. That's out of order, <laughs> but it happens. That's out of order. So, and, and when you have, oh, we got another question over there, but it's, it's out of order, and you have to check it. If you love them, you're going to check it. And at some point, they're going to understand, wow, they really love me. Ain't that right, Gavin? Uh -huh. and, and I believe, I'm going to get you, uh, is that there has to be a resolve yes. with you as an individual. That, and for me, with, uh, you know, Gavin, she, she, she's cool to let us use her as an example. She, yeah. With our, our test, <laughs> challenge, our, yeah. our trial. Tell it, Gary. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell it, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was a scripture that will always come up out of me for her and to periodically, maybe some of the others. It's is a couple that of ones. the way of a transgressor is hard. And I will remind her you're going to make your way hard. It had to be a resolve in me that I can't control, you know. I really, I'm your parent, but I still can't control you. 
-hmm. because you have free will. Yep. There's certain things I may want to do to you, but I can't because the law was no, there's but, the law. But you know what, Melvin? There's the law. Teacher Mel, but you're right. But there's there the is law. a, there is, even though there's a law, I know. but there is a consequence. There, yeah. There is a consequence for your disobedience. There is, there's a consequence, and we're going to talk about that because we're talking about will, and because of that natural will and what we are avoiding is the consequences of those wills. And uh, you guys are just taking a little further even in the lesson where uh, you have, with those two wills, you, you have someone who, like David, who ran at the feet of, you know, the Lord, when he, mm -hmm. when he, would, when he did something that was a, against the word of God. But then you had somebody like Judas with his will, and he betrayed God. It's the will of man. And, and there has to be a resolve is that I'm doing all I, I'm supposed to do. I'm loving you. I'm instructing you. But my resolve was a scripture that kept me intact. And I did not break the law of the land with raising that child. Is that this? Is that you manufacture your way to be hard? The way of a transgressor is hard. And you can't live their lives for them. But while you're in my house, you're not gonna tear things up. You you you're not gonna, you know, come out your mouth real crazy. What if I had to sit you down and tie you down to a chair? You ain't gonna, and you ain't going to look at me crazy either. It's just certain things that's just not permissible from a child to a parent. But if we have two adults in the house, we both have to reinforce that. And we both have to reinforce it at the same strength. Yep. And you got to be, you can't be divided in your kids. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because they're going to play on that. Yeah. I, they'll, they'll use both of you on that. Oh, we're going to have real talk now. This is what happens. They play on that. And what you got to do is call that out. You can't, you can't allow it because as they grow as an adult, there's going to be real issues. Won't be to keep a job. Won't be to have a relationship with nobody. It's going to be bad for them. See, that, that consequence doesn't mean that it's going to happen today. Right. Amen. It's, a, it's cumulative. It, it can build. Mm -hmm. Because it's building your, your, even your emotions, your response to mm -hmm. everything. How you respond and how you see the real world because of that issue I didn't handle right then. You have to handle that issue then. And you got to know, I got I got I mean, Gabby is my, is my witness over here. Ain't it right? Gabby is my witness. And she knows, she, she knows, she knows. Didn't you know no matter what happened, Gabby, you knew I love you, didn't you? That was a triumph somebody. I mean, because to work with Gabby, you had to work with, listen, to work with Gabby, you had to work with uh, forgetting everything she did. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't go on, you did this, then you can't, you, you can't do that. Yeah, it was just about everything. And then we were never opposing. This is, where, this is where it happened. This has to be one right here. This has to be one. If you're divided, the Bible says a house divided is going to fall. It's going to fall. You're trying to build your foundation on sand. You, you're trying to put the fire and you lighten it up with gasoline. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. So we have to be on one accord. How we discipline, how we discipline, we got to be on one accord. How we, how we dish out punishment, we got to be on one accord. Amen. And how we reward, we be on one accord. The thing about it is that what we have to stop doing as parents is rewarding. Reward goes both ways. There's 
a reward and judgment. Go ahead. And there's a reward of good works. The judgment is for the wrongdoing mm -hmm. and the others for good works. But what you as parents sometimes do, you still reward and good works and they weren't good. We can't control the, the grandparents, anybody else, but you can control your interaction with your children and how you reward them. Why are we buying new shoes? Why are we buying new pants, new this? Why are there an extra activity in school that costs you more money? Why are they involved in so many other different things and they're still disobeying you? That is a reward of good deeds. So and they were teaching? not good deeds. And then you don't want, then there's no progress. You know why? There's no change. You know why? Yeah. Because you're rewarding them for And it's a good behavior. example of what my granddaughter, uh, Ani, and it's the kids, I tell you, they, they, she's got old spirit. I was, um, Danae was doing something. And, um, <laughs> yeah, she was being bad, as they say. She's 10 months. And uh, she was either grabbing on me, hitting me or something. And, and I told, I put my hand up like, you know, I was going to, you know, thank her. I'm like, don't do that. And then Janae would laugh at me. And uh, I said, well, me, Ma, she laughed at you because you keep smiling when you said don't do it. She said, you have to have a serious, stern Look on your face. He said, you keep smiling when you say don't do it. So that's why she's not listening to you. Wrong signal. Giving her the wrong signal. My nine-year-old granddaughter said, you're giving my sister the, the wrong signal when you're trying to discipline her. And this is what we're doing as parents. We're giving them the wrong signal. She's saying, you don't smile when you discipline her. That's right. <laughs> so thank you. Something Mom. wrong with this picture. <laughs> I said, well, I can't do that. I can't discipline I'm letting mom do it because I keep trying to put my hand on it. I keep smiling at her, so I'm just not even going to do it. Gabby, did you have something? Yes. <laughs> 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 it's 
I got Kevin's your heart. Don't funny. trick him, though. Kevin's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in heaven? What? <laughs> I didn't know. Don't trick him. Sorry, got something to say? The answer to that. Give a lot of us don't to let's uh, talk about what is the overcomer nice real quick um, <laughs> was <a> nice <laughs> this was really good detour what is an overcomer uh, let's do the Webster definition first of all he gets the better in a struggle or conflict he gets the better yes it says it's get the better get the better of in a struggle or conflict. It's a conqueror. It's able to defeat, to overcome the enemy. Mm. You're, over, you're able to overcome your opposition, your temptations, your weakness. You're able to overcome Prevail. what they are. And I had to look up a, a conqueror, and that's to acquire by force of arms to win a war. And that war is going on inside of you, in your mind. And he said we're more than a conqueror. Mm -hmm. We prevail. Yes. You're winning a overcome. Overcome is someone who wins the battle or that war that's going on in their mind. Got that, see? Did you hear that? You are able to subdue, to master something. Mm. I mastered Gabby. <laughs> I overcame Gabby. <laughs> the the I biblical did. I did. of an overcomer is this. They, they have experienced a new birth. That's the first thing, is that they have experienced a new birth, mm -hmm. and they remain constant in victory over sin, mm -hmm. the world, and Satan. My goodness. They have experienced a new birth, and they remain constant in their victory over sin, the world, also Satan. Mm -hmm. They refuse to conform to the world and to any ungodliness within the visible church. They say outside the church, in the church. They hear and they respond to what the Spirit says to the church, and they remain faithful to Christ to the very end, and they accept God's word as the only standard. This is an overcomer. They remain in truth. An overcomer 
is consistent in overcoming the sin in their life, the world, and also Satan. When they hear the word, they respond to the word consistently, believing, cleaving to, as if the word was their necessary food in life. That's the overcomer. That's what helped them to overcome. Mm. Is that every time they hear the word, they respond to the word as the truth and the necessary food for their life. Amen. Um, that is a true statement. In this teaching, <laughs> God really wants us to understand his grace, the grace that he's given you, the ability to do what you couldn't do, to have the power to live in this body, in this flesh, and still be able to overcome it. He's graced you to do that. He's graced you to take on every temptation and test and subdue it. He's graced you to do that. And this teaching, he wants you to understand he's graced you to overcome every situation, every rebellious child, every enemy that was trying to, to uh, be a stumbling block in your life. He's graced you to subdue that situation and to master it. Amen. Any difficulty working at your job and people, co-workers, situations, circumstances, he's graced you to deal with these people mm. and to subdue the situation. He's equipped you. He wants you to see the clothing of righteousness that he's placed on you. You're right to understand, to know that you are an overcomer. We're going to talk about righteousness, and we're going to talk about this type of clothing that he's placed on you. He wants to illuminate the eyes of your heart to the word, because your heart doesn't have eyes for the word. Your heart is blind to the word. Your heart doesn't want to see the word. Mm. There's a veil over your heart when it comes to the word of God. Oh he wants to illuminate your eyes to see his word. Amen. Amen. But the world and your flesh and Satan wants you to live a lukewarm life and a defeated life. But God wants you to walk in the power of your redemption. Good God. Your flesh, this world, and Satan wants you to live a lukewarm life. A life of indifference. Mm. A life that is indifferent to the word of God. A life that wants you to live different than the word of God. He wants you to live an indifferent life, a lukewarm life. To go to church, but don't be the church. Lukewarm. Mm. Let's go to our foundation scripture here. Revelation 3, verse 14 through 22. Revelation 3, verse 14 through 22. 
write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is a message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich, I have everything I need. I don't need a thing, and you don't realize that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked. So I, I, I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and, and the ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent mm. and turn from your indifference. Mm. Mm. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in and will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. I love that scripture. That was a lot said. That was in the... New Living Translation, that seemed like that's what we're all reading from this morning. I like that. It says, the very beginning says, write this letter to the angel of the church in La Laodicea. That was one of the seven worst churches he was speaking to. But he said, who is saying this is the amen this message is coming from amen the, the true and faithful in the beginning of God's new creation it's coming from the Lord Jesus Christ it's coming from I said it in his soul I changed not in his just in his name of introduction of where the letter is coming from he said I don't change but you do it's in red y'all the amen is saying, one that is steady and unchangeable in all purposes and promises. My promises, my purpose do not change. It's coming from me. He's talking about there's a charge he's talking about here. There's a, a heavy charge that's drawn against this church, and that's that they're lukewarm. You're living a life that's not conducive to a Christian. He said, you're, and if you ever had water that's supposed to be cold and it's warm, you reject it, don't you? You toss it out. You yep. discard the water. Mm -hmm. Or food that's supposed to be hot and fresh, and you taste it, but it's not hot and fresh, you discard it. The charge to you, if you're part of that type of church, he's saying that I'm going to discard and reject you. He's not talking to the world. He said, because you're indifferent to my word. You want to live the way that you want to live and still say that you're a Christian. Oh, my God. You conform to the ways of the world, and you're still saying, I'm a child of God. 
He said, I wish you would make a choice and earnestly make a choice whom you will serve. Are you against me or are you for me? I wish you would earnestly make a choice. I can't do nothing with you if you're hot. I mean, you're cold. Lukewarm. He said, I prefer that you say, I, if you're my enemy, say that my you're my enemy. enemy. That's right. Mm -hmm. But if you're on the fence, I can't do nothing with you. This is a severe promise and not a threat that he will reject this type of Christian. Did someone have a question at all? Because I'm, what I'm going to do is just go through this whole passage pretty much and, and really break it down to you and what's going on. When he talks about um, you think that you're rich. I'm rich and I have everything. And, and you're saying church. that I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm rich. He said, yes, you are. You're saying that you have every, you're saying that you don't need me. And mm. I'm everything. I am the refiner's gold. Mm. You're <laughs> saying that you don't, when you say you don't need him, you're saying that I have everything and I don't need you. I am rich and I have no need for you. Do y'all hear this? Y'all. Y'all. Not rich in wealth, but you're saying, I am fully supplied, and I don't need God. You're in a place of self-conceitedness and self-delusion. He said, you're not rich. You're poor. Oh, this is so good. And you're naked. You're without garment. You're exposed to sin. Mm. You don't have a righteous covering on you, which would be me. This is why he says, purchase my goal. Receive me. Receive my righteousness that covers up a multitude of sin. This is the new garment you're supposed to be wearing. This is what he's saying to buy from him. Mm. This, is, this is too good. He said, but you, you're saying that I have everything. I'm rich. He, he said, what you're saying is that I... I've, all that I've learned is my knowledge, my religion, and everything I need to have. He said, you've taken your learning, and you've taken that as your religion. He said, you've taken your gifts, and you've taken those as grace. You've taken your wit as its wisdom. He said, but you are poor. You have no provision for your soul. You're starving in the midst of abundance, and you're vastly in debt for the justice of God. And you have no way to pay that debt. Man. This is so good. You're blind. You can't see your state. You can't see where you're going. And you're in, you're in grave danger. <laughs> you say that you can see, but you cannot see. The darkness that you're in and all the danger that's encompassing you. You can't see Christ. You can't see death. He said, though it's just before you, you can't see it. You can't, you can't even look into eternity, mm -hmm. though you stand upon the very brink of it continually. This is why he said, buy the ointment for your eyes, which is my word. Good God which will open the eyes of your heart to see me. You guys have anything? 
He good? Terry. I was, was, was going to say, uh, when Revelation. Mm-hmm. When Revelation, mm-hmm. John. Okay. Amen. Uh, good statement. Can I can I add on to what Darius just said? Mm-hmm. And Darius, you're right because I was, uh, and I just call it out. I was actually watching uh, uh, just a small episode of Preachers in L.A. That I can't just work with before a second. Mel, Mel, just you know if you can't stand it, but let me, just let me let me let me explain why because it is the state of the church. And you need to know what's going on in the church. And what they're saying last night in this particular episode that um, DJ was saying, it was nothing wrong, and it's not scriptural that you shat. It's okay. It's okay that you shat, but as long as you're not fornicating. The Bible said to, to what? From the very presence of sin. To flee from it. Just flee from it. So I'm listening and I'm watching this and the, the lukewarm church is that they're justifying the sin. And if they would just read this scripture right here about you being lukewarm and about if you would take on and you can't see. And, you know, Mel, I had the discussion with her last night. Hard to have that discussion with her when you mentioned preachers of L.A. But I had to because when I'm listening to everything you're saying here and, and everything, it's if they would just turn to the scripture right here. And they could see the state that they were in. Mm-hmm. That it's okay. They don't even see that it's okay. That's what the world does, mm-hmm. not the Christian. And we, they're, they're arguing. I'm about to come to fisticuffs fight on national TV, the preachers, about sin. That is okay. But they're leading the people. These are, they're, in the, they're in the media. They see all of this. And if they say it's okay, we're going to do it. What did God say? It's not. I want to find scripture. That's not scripture. You're not a theologian. You don't even have the Holy Ghost. How are you going to know that? Because if you had the Holy Ghost, you would be what? Flee from the very presence of sin. See, I'm just saying about watching it and discerning exactly the state of, of, the, of our body. You know, I just believe just like a child. You know when you're doing wrong. You sure do. I'm going to make it real simple for you. Even without the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. you know when you're doing wrong. You know when you're lying. A child know because there's a certain measure of faith that's in everyone that's born into this world. What is good and what is evil. Yeah. And you know that. The church know it, whether you're in the church or you're out of the church. You just seem to to operate in that will, that natural will, to fulfill your pleasures. And that's what the world and seems like the majority of churches do. And, and you got to know, are you leading somebody to Christ or are you allowing them to fall away? And this is what I see, that they're leading them away. Dave? We talked about um, in, Re- in Revelation where it talks about um, 
You got the mic right there. I got the mic. Your mic. Hello. Dang, it's too funny. Amen. In Revelation, when it was talking about the ointment for your eyes, mm-hmm. is it possible, like, is it possible to know that you're not properly seen without being around someone who is properly seen? Mm-hmm. Yes. I truly believe that because, again, it just goes back to you know what you should be doing. You're just choosing not to do. You may not know the the perfect way. You don't know the perfect way. But you know the right way. And the right way will lead you to the perfect way, which he is perfect. So because he's placed in you a measure of faith to know what's good and know what is evil, you know the right way, which will lead you to him, which is the perfect way. Whether you're around someone who's already, you know, is being, you know, leading or following the perfect way or not. It's he's placed it in you so that you're without excuse. None of us will have an excuse. We're trying to make excuse because I didn't know. Well, that was the scripture. Seek his righteousness and do his, what he accepts as the good will of God. Amen. And that's what it, that's what it's saying. But we do know. I think Fee has a question. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're gonna get this mic fixed. It seems like it can be. It's a one-two step. It's a one-two step. Both mics. <laughs> both buttons on the mic. And then the question is, okay, how do I do that? No, I'm, I'm saying the question is, I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm saying <laughs> is that it's easy for us to say, I lay down my life, okay? How do I lay down my life? I yield to him. Well, how do I yield to him? See, I want you to get, so you keep cutting through the apple till you get to the seed. Not my will, Come but his will. out the skin of the apple to to the, the part of the apple that you would eat it's and the then go to the core, then get to the seed. And to get to the seed is that, okay, now how do I do all of that? How do I really purchase now my garments and then and, and, and the ointment for my eye? Is that, first of all, it's not going to cost you anything of value. Price already been paid. It's not going to be nothing of value for consideration except to part with sin and self-sufficiency. Depart from sin. How can I yield? It's one thing to yield. Okay, but how do I yield? I need to get to the core of the apple. I yield by parting with sin and self-sufficiency because you think that you are self Supplying yourself that you don't need him. And so thus you walk in pride. I don't need to come to church. I don't need to do this. I don't need to pray every day. I'm good. I don't need to worship. Because I'm self-supplied. I'm self-sufficient. He said, it won't cost you anything to buy 
the gold that's refined and to buy the ointment for your eyes that you can see and hear him. Except that you part from the thing that would cost you anything, and that's sin. We got Dina. Dina? Hey, Dina. Right, right. Mm -hmm. change not they agree with you today or tomorrow say or do something that upsets them or don't agree with them and see how they have changed he said Mm -hmm. I changed not and he is the ultimate authority he is he always has been so what does it mean when he said I will come and I will I will sit and I will eat with you we will I will sup with you sit down and eat with you as a friend I will commune with you. What is he saying by that? It's just one thing to say, okay, again, get to the core of the apple. But this is why we don't desire to be with him because he has never really come and, and sup with us. As a friend, we're coming, and you're looking so forward to you. You're coming, you sit down and celebrate, you're going to eat. What, he, what he's actually saying is that I will come and stir up your faith in you. I will come and stir up and refresh your faith, your love, and your delight. So when you start to eat, food so good, the conversation's good, the person that you're eating with, you're good with them. And it, it brings about a different whole attitude in your relationship with the person while you're eating. He said, I will come and stir up your faith in you and refresh you and your love and also your delight. I, I, I love God. This is why we don't, you know, our, our faith, it, it seems to be inactive. It's stale. It's not alive. It's because God has not come and sat with you and sat down and ate with you as a friend. This is good. Can I? Yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm all right. <laughs> Y'all, we do that for recording purposes. Yeah, we got to do it for recording purposes. So go ahead and receive the mic. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is this is really good yeah. because if that's true, you should be able to find it in the Old and the New Testament. Um, but I love uh, 
uh, when we were praying earlier, and you give me something else as well about stirring up the waters. And this is when the healing would take place mm -hmm. in the pool in Bethesda. And the angel would come down once a year and stir the waters up. Mm -hmm. And the people would come in and they would get their healings. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing as what you're saying when you sit down and you stir up. That's, that's what happens when we come mm -hmm. together yeah. and we partake and we eat. There's healing in koinonia. That's, that's stuff that takes place as we get together. A lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, wisdom, revelation, mm -hmm. uh, healing, all of those type of things. Do you all know even the Bible said when we come and we confess our sins like to each other and we tell what's going on the Bible said this healing takes place right then this is not going to the man in the Catholic booth talking about something telling my sin he can take it that's not what he's saying he's talking about we come in and we talk about what happened or what we're going through he said healing takes place when we do that and when you confess your sins this is another part on how the scripture becomes real for us what is not happening for us is the scripture is not coming alive for you. It's not alive and active in your life like when you would go out with a friend and, and we're talking about when we go into something or you're going out to dinner and uh, or going to a place and you, you go to, I don't know, concert, event or whatever the activity is, whatever people are doing these days. And what happens is there's an exchange of sharing of information, of feelings, emotions, and you get stirred up. You get stirred up depending whatever the event is, whatever's about. Dina now is doing, she's really working out, doing good. You lost how many pounds, Dina? Yes, it's good. Testify. Testify, yeah. All right. And so what, what, what she has done, uh, but unintentionally, is that she's getting other people who wants to do it. Because when you come together, and there's an exchange of information, there's a change of emotions, and a change of energy and attitude. Yep. So it's really, where are you going, what people are you around, and what attitude is being switched in you to do what? Amen. That's the question. Uh, when Pastor was just talking about uh, when we confess our sins, this is the most awesome part. We're talking about how you allow the word of God to come alive in you is when you really understand what he's saying. How do you really conform to his death? Mm. He talked about knowing him. Knowing him in his death and his resurrection. See, it's not real to us. This is why we, we can't exalt him. We can't really praise. We can't really worship him because it's not living. It's not active in our life because we don't know how to die with him. Mm -hmm. It says to know him in his suffering. And how do we know him in his suffering? Mm. It's when you, when you actually confess your sins to him, you conform mm. to his death. Good God. When you go to him and you commit your sin, confess your sin to him, you start to conform to his death. Just tell because him he became sin on the cross. Yeah. He became sin. This is why he laid down his life and died. You now, again, lay down your life and die and conform to his death mm. when you confess your sin to the one who died for your sins. Mm. Mm -mm. It comes alive for us. 
Um, our supporting scripture here is Revelation 12, 12 11. Revelation 12, 11. And they have overcome, conquered him by means of, first of all, Paul, we've heard the scripture before. Mm -hmm. I want you to hear Ain't the early. revelation because we're going to learn who overcame who and by the means of what and what testimony really means. And they, I want you to think about who, who, who is the they, who were the they, and they have overcome, conquered him mm. by means of the blood of the lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. For they did not love and cling to life even when faced with death, holding their lives cheap till they had to die for their witnessing. They held their life no value as to dying for their witnessing. And they, who's the they? And they have overcome. Anyone? Students? Oh. The heroes of faith. Yeah, there was, there was heroes of faith who actually overcame the enemy. And the enemy here, they conquered him, Satan. And they have overcome, they have conquered Satan by means of the blood of the lamb and by the others of their testimony. So what we, we're going to look differently at the word testimony now. What do you think testimony means? A test. It is a test. It's definitely a test. It's a test. It's a test being tested by situation, circumstance, people, right? The test. Yep. Testimony, I feel, is it's, it's a test that you're given by God, and when you pass that test, you in turn overcome that that test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Testimony. Testimony is test. Testimony is a form of temptation that is overcome because you pass the test. It becomes a testimony when you pass the test. It's not a testimony if you don't pass the test. Um, we think it's a testimony when you got a check in the mail. That's not a testimony. A <laughs> uh, testimony is not so much that when I was sick, I was, I'm now healed. The testimony is that when you are sick, did you pass the test? 
because God could have just graced you to be healed, and you didn't have faith to be healed. You didn't pass the test. Testimony is not only test and temptation, but in the Greek it's the meaning of a martyr. Testimony is someone who's been martyred. It's, a martyr. It's right. It's a martyr. And it's, it's evidence given. It's also evidence of record and report. Really so you go mm -hmm. to court and they present the evidence and, and there's a trial. Witness. There's a witness. That's what it means to me. But you come out past and you have to give a testimony. You have to you have to give a testimony as to what happened. They use it in a judicial sense. Mm -hmm. They use it in a judicial sense. But it because he says that the enemy, Satan, all he's always accusing. He's the accuser of the brethren. It's always using a court kind of a setting. But you can't succumb to your situation or your circumstance or people because if you do, you don't have a testimony because you didn't pass the test. The martyrs, that means you died. You didn't die. Mm -hmm. By the way, Amen. All right. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. Other than that, yeah, that would be a, a sacrifice. Exactly. Amen. So you're going through some situation in your life and circumstances. But you overcome the enemy. How do I become an overcomer? By passing the test. I don't succumb to sin. And the reason that I'm an overcomer, and I should be, because I've been made to overcome. I've been made to be a victor in this. I've been made righteous. I've been made to succeed through this, to overcome this, and for it to be subdued under me. Because I'm now operating in a higher power and authority. And because you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been redeemed. You've been bought by his blood. And we don't understand even what that means. I've been redeemed. I've been brought back. I've been cleared from payment. I have been recovered. There's been an exchange for your sinful life. The way the person that you were before you came to Christ there's been an exchange for that. There's been a conversion from that. So why are we still living like we weren't born again when you've been redeemed? So we, we talked about testimony. And now I want to just read a little bit about what Hebrew uh, 12, 1 through 2 says. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do so easily beset us and let us run in patience. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before us endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And this is now something that's been given to you or available for you. 
as a reward to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. They did not love life, not even to death, but we love life. Mm -hmm. You love life. You love the things in life. That's how they teach you. This is why you can't love God. They were willing to be martyrs, to die. To die, not only physically, but natural, not, uh, not only uh, uh, naturally, but also spiritually in a way, to crucify my flesh, not to succumb to sin. They didn't want to gain their lives. They want to lose their life. And to do that, you have to be willing to put aside your own survival instincts. To die for Christ, you have to be willing to put aside your own survival instincts. Wow. Wow. So you can't read your best life now? Wow. I got to try to figure this out. I need to do this. I got to do that. I got to move this to make that happen. I got to do this. You, you have these survival instincts, and he's given it to you. But it's through him that you are to survive, not through your own means. Or things. Mm-hmm. How do you, you not die for the cause of God? No, how do you not revert to your survival instinct? It's that this is a moment-to-moment living. This is a moment-to-moment living. Just like, um, let me just give you a story. Let's say, because uh, this is what happens to most people. When they have something tragic to happen in their life, that tragic event continues to replay for them. The enemy just put it on rewind, or our flesh put it on re rewind, and you just play it for yourself, even though he's going to torture yourself. Uh, let's just me torture myself today. And you play back the things that you went through, how bad it hurt you, and what they did to you. Put on the sad song. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> give me take me in that direction. I'm not going to go there. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what we need to do is that when it comes to anything that's not faith, we don't accept it. And I, I shared this with one person. Uh, I said, when something is not faith, or you know that this is not the plan of God that he's given to you, you say immediately, this is not what I plan to do. It will redirect you because it will change your will. You will redirect your own will. It's because when out of habit we live naturally sometimes. And, we, and so these survival instincts seem to be natural. But when anything that's not faith rises up and you start to go that direction, immediately, you can't waste any time. Immediately, you have to say to your flesh, this is not what I plan to do. Find yourself in a situation. Immediately say, this is not my plan. This is not where I'm supposed to be today. This is not what I'm supposed to do today. This is not the person I'm supposed to be with today. This is the person I'm never supposed to be with, ever. <laughs> we have to say it, because if you don't say it, your heart is already open and exposed to sin. And so I have to close it off to sin, and by doing that, I have to speak the word of God so he can immediately flow through me, and now he will give me his desires immediately.
But what you're saying is that you don't say anything, and the thing that's not of faith, that thought that's not of faith, is now driving you with an intense emotion that's overwhelming and overtaking, and soon like a flood, a tidal wave, it takes you in the direction, and you have no recourse. I like what you said about that moment by moment. Mm -hmm. um, Dave, even the scripture says it right here in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, I want you to amplify in 34, verse 34. It says, do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxiety of its own. Sufficient for day is its own trouble, for the day has its own trouble. So what I was just saying, when she said live it moment by moment, a lot of us go into tomorrow and everything, just live that moment by moment. Today has its own anxieties and worries and all that. I'm just saying that it's a, I think there's something to cut back on how to. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the enemy will make you think that yeah. you are failing. You find yourself mm -hmm. back in the same thought pattern. And so the enemy make you feel that, yeah, I thought you thought you had this all together. And, but because you're in the flesh and you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Mm, we have to live moment by moment in <coughs> our victory. It's not like I ran the race and I have the medal and I've won. Mm -hmm. Because you're in the world, you have won, but it's moment by moment your victory comes. Moment by moment my victory comes. But the enemy wants you to be feeling in a, a state of being defeated and you have not accomplished things because now these thoughts are back situation is presenting itself again and I felt I feel like I'm not strong in this area but yesterday you won and today you can win but it's not only moment by moment but it's moment by moment by God's way moment by moment God's way moment by moment is how we live our lives as Christians we have to master and subdue our flesh we have to master it and subdue it. You can do it. You have control. You can literally tell your flesh no. Sure can. You can literally. But because when you live <coughs> in that, that natural will of your pleasures, it seems like it's impossible. And I have no control. She's coming back over and over and over again. It seems like you're out of control. Because the experience of that natural will is so intense. It's, it's louder. Everything about it is more vibrant, the colors of that will. And it brings you a vibrant picture and sounds and 3D. And, but for the supernatural will of faith, that choice doesn't seem as strong. It seems more difficult to make. It's only more difficult because you've been living by that choice or that will of the natural by your emotions. And that's been your reality, your feelings. This is why he says, just open your heart to me. Keep it open. Every time we close it, you now quench Holy Spirit. He can't flow through you and give you the desire. So now you have your own desires. And those are the desires you will fulfill. Amen. Amen. Keep your heart open to the word of God. 
This is why we have to always hear the word of God. This is why we have to saturate ourselves with the word of God. This is why we have to be around true Christians all the time because we need, we need <laughs> that spiritual support because we do get weak. And you'll get to a place sometimes you don't want to even hear the word of God wow. because your heart has been closed to it. And it's been open to the things of this world. And it only wants and desires, want to taste, touch, and feel the things of this world. But you can become an overcomer today. And that can be your life statement. I am an overcomer. And I'm an overcomer because of the blood of the Lamb and by my testimony, by the test that I passed. I conquer the enemy because I passed my test. I overcome my flesh because I passed my test. This is why I'm an overcomer. I've conquered my flesh and I've conquered the enemy. And I've conquered this world system and the ways of doing things and how I think because I've opened my heart to the word of God which is the, the authority of everything that's in this world, above this world, and beneath this world. And so now, I allow him to rule and reign through my heart, giving me the desires to fulfill his, world, his word in this world. Amen. Amen. Last thing, so when Jesus was going to the cross, mm -hmm. so when Jesus was going to the cross, and he said, he asked the Father, he said, can this cup pass me by? Mm -hmm. So Jesus... He was, he was trying to, that was his fleshly part speaking. Yeah. He knew mm -hmm. he had to go to the cross. He knew he had to die for our sins. He knew it mm -hmm. because he was slain before the foundation of the world. Yes. So by him doing that and dealing with his own, he had to deal with his flesh. The father wouldn't deal with it. Yes. And he praying. Mm -hmm. But he said, nevertheless, mm -hmm. not my will, mm -hmm. but thy will. He said, this is why man shouldn't live Jesus. by bread alone. Don't live by the things in this world, the things that satisfy or fulfill you. Because we're talking about bread then, because we're talking about food, because this is what- Momentarily. He had to use a parable by bread alone, by uh, your house, your car, your job, by what satisfy the natural part of you. He said, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth oh of God. God. And this is why when he was in a situation with Satan, the word had to come up in him. And he had to be reminded that I myself don't live by bread alone. Even though he was on a, he was in a fa on a fast for 40 days. It came to him in the natural. And it was, you know, he ain't about ready to eat by then. 40 days. But because of the word that he spoke immediately to the enemy, he conquered the enemy. And he conquered his flesh. He By overcame both of them. And it was a test that he passed. Well, the Bible actually said that when he was led in for his testing mm -hmm. in the wilderness mm -hmm. by the Spirit. Yes. Led him right to that. Yes, Lord. So you're probably testing. going through a test. If not, Everybody. soon to be. <laughs> Came out of the test. Many tests. The question is that did you pass? Do and you if you have didn't, a testimony? and if you didn't, <laughs> guess what? It's going to repeat. This thing won't never leave. That's why, because you didn't pass.
but he wants you. Reoccurring dreams. You got the reoccurring dreams because you missed something, and he's trying to really speak to you. That's why I got to get to you three times when you get it. Okay. Come back for part two. <laughs> three, four, how many you got? We're just going to talk a little bit. Y'all enjoy today? Y'all learn? We got to get this one up because it's a lot in here. We got to hear it and get this one up so y'all can listen to it. Faith come by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you go to school, right? She asked, what does pass the test mean? You go to school, right? Right? And say you have the end of the year. You got to do your exam. Right? So that test means if you pass that exam, that you're going to be promoted to the next class, next level, next grade. next grade, right? So if you don't pass that test, you stay right where you are. And then you got to learn everything all over again if you fail. So when you pass the test, it elevates you to the next level. And then when you pass that test, it's going to elevate you to the next level. It could be, you could be tested all the time, even with your flesh. What's wrong? I know she's going to spiritual part, right? What? She went to spiritual part, too. So I can give you an example. I can give you that, too. Knowing you're tested by people, most likely always people, and they treat you meanly, you've done nothing to them. And the test for every believer, because God is love, and should still love them of how they treat you. Not that it's right, because it's wrong. But because you still love them, you show them the example of how a Christian is supposed to live. Because it's easy when someone treats you mean for you to be mean back or say something mean to them. But instead of saying something mean, you say something in love to them. Say even that, I'm praying for you. Because even I know what you're saying is, not because you don't really like me, because you don't know me. Or maybe you do know me. It could be sometimes I put up parents and say things in a way to where it really hurts the child feels those bad parenting skills. And then the child may feel unloved. But this is what it is when it comes to a test that you're being tried and you have to make a choice. Even while you're taking the test, how are you going to answer that test? Are you going to answer when the person treats you you're bad and for you to be bad back to them? Or are you going to respond in love? Someone who despitefully used you or, or disobedient child. Not that I'm going to reward you because that's not the thing to do. But instead, I love what my, um, my husband, Pastor, said to Gabby one time. And she definitely was a test. Um, not listening, wanted to do her own thing. And the pastor, we tried everything. We had all kind of punishment. And everything was in the law. And uh, <laughs> finally, um, pastor said, and it was it was a testing that tried really his position that God had already called him to be in as a pastor before the foundation of the earth. And a pastor must love at all times. 
So Gabby put him in a place of testing of love. Despite how she talked, the attitude that she had, he said, no matter whether you love me or not, you can't make me stop loving you. And that's the thing, see. Even with children, they don't respect, don't obey. I don't accept the fact that you don't respect People get you so worked up beyond your out of your character. You get so worked up, and then I mean mentally, emotionally, you all worked up, and they're fine okay. acting the fool. Okay. They're fine acting the fool, okay. but you love them, trying to show them the right way you go, things uh -huh. to them. But you messed up. They good. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a resolve in you, and that resolve in you is that, in spite of how you're acting, I'm gonna love. Not gonna reward you, Jalen. Wake up. Sit back. Sit up. But gonna love you and still parent you the way that I should. God has called me to do that. You're not called me. Step off my post. And sometimes the most respectful children. One that you, the one that you think will not do anything. <laughs> so will. <laughs> but here's a test. It's only to try you. <coughs> to try you is to take you to your next level. It's something that's in you that needs to be perfected. That's a hard one. Not to mention what you see that looks so wrong to something. And me, that has to be perfect. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Something in you has to be perfect. And that's the thing that I was, um, and there is elevation. It, I don't, it, both examples to Ani were that it's going to be an elevation mm -hmm. in you. You do have to pass the test. And if you don't pass the test, it's going to repeat itself. Mm -hmm. The spiritual aspect of that is God wants to really elevate you in the situation. So mine's had to come through that. And, I, and I, once I stopped fighting it, and once I stopped fighting it, I'm able to really say that no matter what you do, I'm going to love you. See, that's, that, you, could, you could say that or not say it, and you can't pass it when you got things in your heart for real. So to me, that was the thing that helped release what I needed to be as far as being a genuine, loving, caring pastor. Mm -hmm. It's different being loving, caring. I'm a father in the house, but then I can't be different there than I'm different here. Amen. has to be the same. Mm -hmm. has to be the same thing. And you have to, if you do want to go to the next level, because it's going to be tested again. Mm -hmm. you got to pass it. Mm -hmm. you, you have to pass that test. Dave, what y'all going, you got to pass everybody. And look at the fruit that it produced in her right now. She's on a journey for her boyfriend, 
for his family because I did what I was supposed to do. If I didn't, she wouldn't be here. There was a time she won't in our home. But she's back for a reason. I told her it's a reason. So you have to stay there. If you're a parent, God don't give up. Even, he said, lo, I'm with you always. Then gird your heart and prepare for a crash landing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turbulence. You're going to have some turbulence mm-hmm. on that flight. Prepare for a crash landing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, the crash landing will not be directed for you before the person who has made their way hard. But you're going to be watching the crash landing. But because it's, it's one thing to be outside of the control of something else. And when you're outside of control of something else, you just have to watch it happen. And there has to be, hear me, there has to be a resolve in you when it comes to something that you cannot control. And what you can control, you control it, and that's yourself. Amen. That's what Holy Spirit gives you, self-control. It's hard to even control your own self. Control yourself and find a resolve with the things that you cannot control. I have prepared myself, didn't want it to happen, but I said, Lord, and I kept praying that, you know, nothing tragic would happen to Gavin because she was out of the, 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 the reach of those who cared about her. And that can happen right with the children in the house. So I'm thinking, you know, because she's out of the house, but right when they're in the house, they're, they're out of your reach right with you. In the next room. Mm-hmm. But friendly, you're going to have to take control. The enemy is always trying to come back and see if there's anything in you that's what happened with your emotions, your mind, your things. And this is how he gets he get through you and to you through your emotions. And then it, your emotion drives you away from God because you're overtaken and possessed by something, a situation, or someone. And it's not, no longer him anymore. If that person rests in place, I had to stop myself from even seeing that to see Gabby's headstone. I said, God, I said, I said, I don't want to see that. I don't want her to have to to learn that way. I don't want her to have to, to be on her back to, to just wake up one morning and just be paralyzed from the neck down. And then to think that now she wish she had worship and given her life to you. I, I don't want that to happen. But I have to put a resolve in myself that whatever happened, she had control of her own life. And if I had it my way, it wouldn't happen. But I don't have it my way. She has her own will. We all do. There's two wills. There's your natural will. You have a faith will. You have to take your mind just that far and come back. That if his place, any of your sons, is to be going to penitentiary for 80 years because that anger has overtaken them. So be it. You have to 
get a resolve in yourself about things you can't control, so be it. So I'm not overtaken by it. When we say, well, things, it, it is what it is, you don't really mean that. No, it has to be so be it. Because if not, you'll be the one that's in the hospital. You'll be the one that's sick. And they don't care about you. You can raise children that's your own and don't love you. I have put that resolve in me because I've seen that. You have to accept when people don't want you and people don't love you. You have to accept that, that you will actually rear a child, bring them in this earth, and they do not love you. They can happen. And I gave uh, an example of my cousin, who was 17 at the time. Uh, parents told him basically no, he couldn't go into the Marines until he finished college. They paying for his college. I mean, paying out of their pocket college, no scholarships. You can go in the Marines, but go in as an officer. It'd be better for you. Mm -hmm. He got mad, went around the corner, bought a sawed-off shotgun, blew both of their heads off. Brain that all on the wall. Teeth in the ceiling because someone told him no. It's happened in like 1986 on CNN News, everything. Two life sentences. It's happened when he was 18. So he was 17 when he killed them because they told him no. Not that you couldn't just go in this way to be better for you. Blew their heads off. Both of them. See? And listen, they had everything. Everything. They were rich. They had all kind of stuff. Executive at Kellogg. He was a superintendent, principal, everything. They had one for nothing. Because someone told him no. That's what he did. Ruined his life and every other life that was attached to him. One act. It's real. It's real. First hand, no. My first cousin. This is why you can't play with kids. We're going to end this test well. But this is why you can't play with them. You cannot let them rear up on you. You can't let them get no attitude. Because when they do, it grows. It, it grows. Yep. It grows. And no clue what's going on in people's head. <laughs> you may think that your seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine, ten-year-old is just that age. Yeah, it didn't happen you have then. No clue what's going on in people's minds. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. But God is able to Amen. set those minds free. Amen. And if you want to be set free, the altar is open. Amen. 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 This will we do work at. Amen. 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 <laughs> then you go to heaven if you if you pass the test. If you pass the test, all right. And uh, this is the time. This is the time we pray. We want to intercede. And if you don't have anything to pray for, pray for the people that are up here. Begin to intercede for them. Amen. Hey, I'm doing all right, man. <laughs>